0: Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus, 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND.
1: I would love to hear Marty's best vodka story okay. when we get done with this read. I, he doesn't seem like a vodka guy. He's more of a bourbon, beer kind of guy. And he is, with this this new money, this ESPN Fame and uh, and uh, luxurious lifestyle. He's probably a red wine guy uh-huh. now. Probably no vodka at all, but gluten-free, eight times distilled, locally owned and operated product. Charles Barkley, one of the great faces behind Red Mott Vodka. Available in 22 states now. If you're at a local bar or restaurant, ask for it by name. If they don't have it, tell them to get it. It is Red Mott Vodka. What's
2: well, up, Marty? How are you, buddy? Uh, LT, you are astute, not a vodka person in the least. I don't know what it is about my body chemistry, but... You know, most people. I think a prevailing uh, thought process for most people is that brown water is what hurts them. Vodka's always been what hurts me. Don't know why. I have no idea why. But uh, I stick with I stick with bourbon. To your point, and yes, I love red wine, and yes, I like cold beer.
1: Well, <laughs> let, let me ask you this. I mean, the the, the Country in you, I'm sure, can come out a little bit when you drink to excess. I am one of those guys where it can go either way with, with bourbon. Uh, the brown water can get me aggressive at times. I try not to be that guy anymore.
2: Um, is it more like that for you with vodka? sounds like he must have had some of that before that urology read because huh? <laughs> <laughs> that bad boy was aggressive man you make me want to go to that guy by the way Dunaway looks fantastic today yeah yeah
0: unfortunately Jimmy D's on the back on the of, golf course he's on the backside of COVID there Marty so uh is he, he really yeah oh, unfortunately man. yeah unfortunately. Is he unfortunately. feeling okay yeah I think he feels fine yeah. actually I think he's okay, just being good. courteous to us and not dragging something in here to pass it around I think he could yeah, absolutely something. be at work but he's He's being a good teammate and sending it out so we don't all get it, you know. Well, I
2: know he's monitoring you two, Ninkumpoo, oh, so Dunaway. I I love you, buddy. Hey, he's I hope watching. You're feeling all right. Hey, <laughs> so
1: what have you been up to? Like I told Brown, I was like, man, I, we haven't heard from Marty in
2: forever. I've been on the run, brother. Um, football, of course, was all-consuming uh, throughout the football season, which I thought was a spectacular football season. I, uh, uh, you know, specifically to Alabama uh, in in y'all's y'all's core demo there, I felt like it was such a tremendous job by Coach Saban, Coach Reese. Rarely do you see a a team be developed in season as dramatically as that team was, uh, in in my opinion, anyway. And then we get to the playoff, and, and Michigan ultimately prevails. I'm personally thrilled for them and for Coach Harbaugh. Uh, and he makes his way on to to the Chargers now. But I'm now into basketball full tilt. I've been doing interviews and sit downs for the Masters as well in preparation for us to get to Augusta here in about six weeks. And and uh, the ponies start running here in the spring too. So it just doesn't slow down very much. I've been trying very hard to to be here and present as a dad and a husband as well. And. Uh, so that's what I've been up to, man. Just, just running. Uh, I was at Daytona. I felt like the race was really good. It sucked that it was postponed for a day, but man, it was like a cow pissing on a flat rock down there in Florida for a while. <laughs> and that, that green blob on the radar went all the way to Amarillo, Texas, I think. So NASCAR and, and the folks at Daytona did a tremendous job getting it in. And when it, when it was, was run, it was a great race. And then I was at Texas A&M Tuesday night for the Arkansas-Texas A&M basketball broadcast. Got home yesterday and uh, just got done in the gym to hang out with you two. We
0: appreciate you doing that. Marty with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. I do want to ask you, we haven't talked to you since Nick Saban, and I know uh, you've written about him in your most recent book. You've had a relationship with him. You've interviewed him many times. I know he liked you and respected you. At any point did you – because Lance – to Lance's credit, sometime early in the season was like, I think this is it for him, and Lance took a lot of heat for that. Was there ever a time where you thought this felt like the last, uh, last circuit for him, or were you as surprised uh, as some when Chris Lowe broke the story?
2: The way I've described it to everyone is I was shocked but not surprised. I was shocked because he actually did it. Uh, I really did believe that he would look at the 12-team playoff opportunity, which now apparently is going to 14 at some point. Hell, (laughs) collegiate athletics right now is just one big question mark. And But watching Coach operate this year in retrospect – because again, you just don't you look at the success he's continued to accrue and the consistency thereof. It's historic, as we all know. But for him to be in a position, you, know, as he said to Reese uh, Davis and Reese's sit down in the aftermath of the decision, you know he's five, ten minutes out and still hasn't really made the like convinced himself, I'm going to do this. And then he walks in and talks to the players and announces it to the players. And I can tell you guys firsthand, I talked to everybody in that program and none of them knew it was coming until he said it. And so uh, it's a shocking decision, but not at all surprising when you look at everything that it entails – at this time, to maintain that consistency that's become his trademark and the standard-bearing level of consistency that very few programs can equal. So uh, I thought Lowe's story with Coach today was interesting, that he wants to be a voice for the sport because the sport is broken in many ways right now and needs guidance and, and needs some parameters, quite frankly. Um, but, yeah, shocked, not surprised is the way I would describe my perspective on it. And I was in the program as much as anybody. I mean, I'm there all the damn time. Yeah, Lance, what, what was your inclination there that well, led the, you to feel that yeah, way? Yeah, here's the thing, Martin. I'm not a soothsayer. I didn't have
1: any vision. Uh, when he bought the house in Jupiter, I thought it was an interesting purchase. I mean, that's one of those it's not kind of a secondary house for you. Watching the way Terry and Christian and his family really embrace the year. And how they were with the players and how there was a lot more social media. Um, I just had that feeling. Um, you just said college athletics is basically a cluster F right now. And I know you're pro player getting paid and all that kind of stuff, and we are too. Absolutely. Got to be some kind of guardrails. And then you hear the story when they get back from losing a heartbreaking game in the Rose Bowl to Michigan, that players are not coming in his office and saying, how can we get better for next year? They are like, what can you do for me? Like, right. I've heard through my representation, they're offering me double what you guys are paying me. Are you going to be able to pay me that? And Nick Saban ain't the kind of cat that wants to put up with that.
2: Well, it's it, look, as, as wonderful as Alabama has been, and again, back to the word consistency, Lance, of sending guys to the NFL, and not only sending them to the NFL, but sending them to the NFL plug-and-play prepared to contribute, um nick saban is a developmental coach alabama has even though it's four and five star guys that are coming in there constantly it's a developmental program to get them ready to in the terms that he always uses create value for themselves that is his go-to line and he damn sure means it well when you're now in a position in collegiate athletics, specifically football, in the context of our conversation, where every coach has to re-recruit his roster every single year on top of recruiting the next uh, high school class and the next high school class and the next high school class, that's a t- it's a tough landscape. And that's for Nick Saban. Imagine being somebody like you name it Hugh freeze or Billy Napier who are in this moment where they're trying to like rebuild greatness and what that looks like uh, it's it's got to be very difficult on a lot of levels not just in the competitive arena that we are the standard bearing programs and yet another school can come along and can offer, more money, and that's where we are. Um, I, uh, to your point, I'm all for these players accruing wealth based on what they do. But when it is pay for play, which let's just be honest, that's where we are, that's not just NIL, that is something different. Marty
0: Smith is with us, ESPN. We always love talking to Marty. He's on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. You make the basketball circuits as well. What is the complaint you hear from basketball coaches? Because we hear it from all the football coaches. What you're just saying is the two signing days, the transfer portal, it's impossible to balance it all. What do the college basketball coaches say about this? Because we don't hear as much of it from them.
2: No, we don't, but I, I, I'm sure it's a similar refrain. And from the ones that – like, I'm around John Calipari constantly. Yeah. Uh We do a lot of Kentucky basketball because they rate so well. And he is accustomed to and has been for basically his entire tenure, he was really the catalyst of recruiting one-and-done talent. Like, we will be a place that you can come – We'll develop you as best we can and send you off to the league after a year. It's been that way at Kentucky for a long time. And I think you look at guys like Oscar Sheebway last year. I think Oscar Sheebway came back to Kentucky because he was able to make a lot of money. You look at Armando Baycott at the University of North Carolina right now. I would imagine Armando Baycott is doing very well. Look, I don't know this. This is speculation on my part, but I'd imagine he's doing pretty damn well with NIL and whatever the Carolina Collective is. So um, it's it's there. And I, I want to say this, too, about NIL, guys. I, have, I had the blessing. I almost mentioned this on the Texas A&M-Arkansas broadcast two nights ago because Henry Coleman III, who plays for Texas A&M, plays for Buzz Williams at A&M, is an absolutely brilliant young man. And he's on all of these panels – for NIL and player rights and the NCAA and the Southeastern Conference. He's a a player voice on those panels. Well, I had the opportunity at the SEC meetings in Destin last May to sit in a room with all of the SEC corporate partners, which I think there are 14 or 16 different companies that are official partners of the Southeastern Conference. And all of us sat there and watched four young people, Tamari Key, who plays women's basketball at Tennessee, Eli Cox, who is an offensive lineman for Kentucky, Hank Coleman, and then there was a swimmer and diver, I'm embarrassed, I forget his name, for Missouri. And those four young people sat up in front of us and really broke down what NIL was from their side. From our side, that's the narrative you always hear. It was really interesting and enlightening to hear it from the player side, and none of them said it was fracturing locker rooms or anything like that, but which we all speculated could happen. So it was an enlightening thing.
1: Hey, uh, I was going to ask you something about uh, Calipari and Tiger Woods, but because we're running out of time, oh, we got
0: time. We, we got all right. Time. So I got two more questions. Okay, two more okay. Questions.
1: First, you said you're going to have a little presence. Final Four coming up, also Masters. If I ask you better chance, we see a. Tiger top ten in Augusta this April, or we see Calipari, a team that lost after looking so good Saturday against Auburn, loses last night on a putback against LSU, or we see Calipari back in a Final Four in Phoenix. What would you say? Better chance?
2: Well, right now I'd say Kentucky. I'd say Calipari because of Tiger's body. Um, if he, you, you look, you, I, you'd be crazy to just say just count Tiger out, but Augusta is so demanding on the body, and it is so demanding on the mind, which has never been a problem for him, but I look at Kentucky's talent, and they can score the basketball so well. Rob Dillingham is a walking bucket Reed Shepard is a really good player. Their, their bigs are starting to come along with Onyenso and those guys. Also, and, and Antonio Reeves is a very good perimeter player and their best on-ball defender. If they can find consistency on the defensive end, I think that they have a real chance to make a run. And John Calipari has said to me every time I've seen him for the last for this season, we are built for March. Well, it's almost March. We'll see. Um, but the 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 challenge that is for the for the players at Augusta National, Lance, is it's it's difficult on the body, even for the healthiest of them. So, I mean, if that's my two options, I would say Kentucky making a run.
1: Okay, here's your weird question that I guarantee you've never been asked before. But I'm watching this Argentina documentary on Netflix, and it's called. The last great heist. And these guys, they, they, they had a great concept for this bank robbery. And you'll be shocked, not to spoil the thing, but a scorned woman is the one that throws everything <laughs> off. <laughs> but if I ask you past or present, you could have one NASCAR driver to be your wheel man, your getaway guy, who would it be?
2: Well, to be a getaway wheel man, you really have to know your route with great precision. You have to be a little bit crazy, so it builds acumen along with talent. You also have to be a little bit you, – you, you, you have to be driven by the motive, which is the paper, and really there's never been any greater example of all of that than Junior Johnson – because junior ran shine (laughs) junior understood the terrain junior created new ways to finagle auto machinery in order to not only defeat the law enforcement officials but flummox them and he had some crazy in him so give me junior oh well said yeah I want Chad Canals
0: involved somehow. I've always felt like well, you, I mean, you. Obviously, well, you got to
2: remember. Listen, bro. As as great as Chad was at at circumventing yeah. rules, nobody's ever been better in the history of ever since uh, than Junior at doing
1: that.
0: Yeah, I was watching. I'm. I, I've gotten addicted to TikTok for some reason, Marty. And oh that, God, I don't even have it. I, know, I, I don't even have it. I know. I I don't know why I did it. Um. But uh, there's a, a uh, there was a video on there of uh, Jimmy Johnson taking his daughter. I don't know how many kids Jimmy has, but it, it was two, one, two, two okay. daughters. I think both daughters were with him. And they were at, the, I think, the Hendrick shop, and it was his last championship car, and it still got all the confetti on it. Like, they didn't wash it off or anything, and it's right there in the Hendrick. I'm sure you've seen it. And yep. he's, he's explaining to his daughter all the rules violations. <laughs> they were all... The oh, cards. yeah. He's, he's like walking her through every way they just had a little minor cheat to win the race. It was awesome.
2: I, uh... As I said to the crew in that Netflix documentary, Full Speed, which is doing very well, oh, by yeah. the way, uh, I think it's really good for NASCAR that they chose to do that. And, and without... Without really any filters. They let the guys be the guys. Um... What made NASCAR so amazing for so long was the cat and mouse of the crews and the crew chiefs and the drivers trying to use areas of the rule book that hadn't yet been really figured out. And and I loved that and NASCAR trying to catch them. Well now with all the lasers and you know basically the race cars come in a box and they just bolt some stuff on it doesn't, I mean, I'm sure they're doing it. I mean, because these people are brilliant, but it ain't that way like it once was.
0: Yeah. Sideline CEO. You see it over Marty's right shoulder. That is his most recent book, and you can go get Sideline CEO. He's pointing at it just in case you missed it. You should uh, go get Sideline CEO. Great stories uh, about the leadership of coaches and what makes them great leaders of men and women in sports. Marty, it is always great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate the time. Love you both. Appreciate yep, you. you best
2: uh, best of Dunaway. Feel better, buddy.
0: Yep, we'll tell him you said it. Thank you, Marty. Take care. Marty Smith from ESPN with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline.